Coming up on Studios America, Glenn Beck joins us to preview his explosive new special, exposing Biden's border crimes. A school board election in South Lake, Texas, could be a sign of good things to come. And I know we're all still shaking and all in complete disbelief over last night's election results, especially when it comes to Glenn Youngkin. So let's do the Virginia Reckoning. Stu does America. What a night last night was. Pretty crazy. Who would have possibly believed it could happen? We saw this very rare, strange animal running through the forest. And we looked closely and it looked like a unicorn. But in reality, what it was was good news. Yes, occasionally it can still happen in our society. Good news. Good news. Good news in Virginia. As Glenn Youngkin was able to defeat Terry McAuliffe 50.9% to 48.4%. That's the uh, current count as we go through. There's still votes trickling in here and there in all of these races as we go through them. Uh, Winsome Sears won. Uh, you've probably seen her picture. Uh, she's an African-American woman, first uh, person, a uh, woman of color to be elected statewide in Virginia. But you've probably seen her picture because she's just carrying an awesome gun. And uh, she looks like a badass. And now everyone loves her. It's funny, as soon as Youngkin wins this race, everyone's like, President Youngkin? <laughs> Anybody who wins, we're like, yes, absolutely. Guy hasn't done the job for a day yet. And we're like, ah, put him in the Oval Office. This is sort of the way we operate here as conservatives. But let's move on. Uh, also, um, uh, the Attorney General also won uh, in, uh, in Virginia for the Republicans. And it's interesting you have... Uh, 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 yeah, uh, an evil white supremacist, obviously, uh, Glenn Youngkin at the top of the ticket. Um, we'll get into that, those accusations here in a minute. But then an African-American lieutenant governor and a Hispanic attorney general. But we're supposed to believe that the guy at the top of the ticket is a white supremacist. Which, uh, not exactly sure how that works. It doesn't. It's probably the easiest explanation, but there we go. New Jersey is the maybe one heartbreak. You know, you, you watch uh, college football and you have a team that's like, I don't know, normally at the bottom of the conference. Maybe you're a, a, an old, uh, you're an F, uh, FCS, right? F, was it, I, don't, I can't remember. Right? The, what used to be Division One AA. You're like one of these teams, you got to get in there. And every year, every year you take one game where you get blown out by a big school like 48 to 3. Well... What about that one time you play really well, you get really close and then you're at the one yard line with eight seconds left in the game and your fourth down pass drops incomplete and you lose. That seems like what we're looking at here, unfortunately, in New Jersey. Phil Murphy is at 49.97% of the vote. Jack Chitterella is at 49.28% of the vote. Um, so the difference there being about 17,000 votes statewide after, after about 2.4 million were cast. That's, it just hurts. Now, we went through the polls a little bit, and we didn't spend that much time on New Jersey. Obviously, Virginia was the main attraction. New Jersey was sort of seen as a sideshow. I mean, people didn't think that Chitterella had a chance. I really didn't think that Chitterella had a chance. I thought maybe he could keep it within five, which would have been a massive win for the Republican Party in New Jersey. It's going to be closer than five. It's actually going to be probably closer than two by the time this is over. Uh, but I do expect this to widen a little bit more. Um, you know, they have, uh, and, and I know people like to say, oh, well, they're just finding votes. But this is something, as you know, I do this all the time, every year on elections. And these 
blue areas always report late. It's not a surprise, um, but in this race being so close, it's, you know, people aren't going to like it. You have to say, stop and say, though, if they were stealing the New Jersey election and then didn't steal the Virginia election, it wouldn't make all that much sense. Probably should have just stolen both of them if they were going to steal elections. So I think this is the real way these votes went down. Just a real heartbreaker uh, in New Jersey. Um, they also had a ballot measure saying they said no to allow betting on postseason college sports. And they said yes to amend gaming rules to permit fundraising raffles. So yes, you can raffle in New Jersey. No, you can't bet on college sports. You can only bet on pro sports. Which is totally makes total sense, total sense in every way. In Ohio, there was a special election for the House District uh, 11, uh, easy win in a heavily de- Democratic district for the Democrat there. However, in a close district, big win for Mike Carey in uh, U.S. House 15, 58 to 42. So again, Republicans, good news basically across the board here. The worst news I have for you is the New Jersey thing. Everything else looks pretty good. Supreme Court justices in Pennsylvania, again, a state might give you a little bit of a temperature as to where people are in a purplish, you know, maybe blue leaning state. Uh, The Republican wins 52 to 48 there Uh, in Florida. uh, Democratic primary uh, went on as well. It's a four person primary. Not not all that important. Republican uh, also had a um, a a special election primary. Uh, Jason Mariner uh, won there 58 to 42 Um, in Maine. State House District 86 special election. Democrat won that 56 to 44. Um, There were a couple of interesting ballot measures here. One we talked about. Do you have the right to produce, harvest and consume food? Yes, you do. Apparently now in Maine. Congratulations, 61 to 39. They were talking about the downsides of this particular ballot measure. And they're like, well, what if someone takes a pig on a farm and raises it to slaughter it. Well, that's basically what this ballot measure is designed to sort of allow, right? Like they can't stop you from producing your own food. Okay. What if someone then does it in an apartment? What if some What if someone raises pigs in their apartment and slaughters them in the apartment? What then? It's going to be interesting to see that whole thing play out. Luckily, I don't live in Maine. So you people in Maine, I don't if there's pig blood all over your steps everywhere. That's fine with me. I don't care. This is called federalism. Good luck. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it seems like it's one of those things that could play out totally fine and could also have some very weird and interesting quirks and features. Um, New York City. We know this uh, coming in. Eric Adams. Uh, Big win, 67 to 29 over Curtis Sliwa. And you might say, well, um, the Republican lost there. Is that really good news? It's only good news in the way that that election really was the Democratic primary. Everyone knew the Democrat was going to win in New York City. And if you think about the perspective that you might have if you are a defund the police guy, you're a defund the police person and you're sitting around saying, ah, yeah, defund the police, defund the police. Wait, New York City elected a cop as their mayor? Like, that is not what you want as a hardcore AOC sort of level um, uh, progressive. Uh, So that uh, went down in New York City. Um, A couple of ballot measures in New York City as well. Redistricting. This is the uh, New York one, actually. And this is actually pretty interesting. Should they redistrict, change the redistricting uh, process? Should they allow same day voter registration? Should they allow no excuse absentee voting? Overwhelmingly, all three of those were rejected. 
Now these are sort of the uh, other side of the coin from what you saw in the South where people were saying, eh, we're going to tighten up some of these kind of crazy pandemic um, uh, laws that loosened up everyone's right to vote or be able to at least, um, you know, give them some window where we, you know, we don't have 24 hour voting in areas where the ballot boxes are not guarded, for example. Um, the other side of that went on in blue states where they went out and they said, hey, well, um, now you can walk in on the day of the election and register and vote on that day. People said no to that. In fact, they even said no to no excuse absentee balloting, uh, which is pretty interesting. Uh, Minneapolis, the big story there was a defund the police movement. They wanted to replace the police department with the public safety department. And you might say, well, what are the details of that? That is basically all of it. That, those are the details. The name would be the public safety department. That's pretty much all the detail they gave. They said, we're going to rip up our current model of policing and we're going to say it's the public safety department and then let us figure it out after that. Don't worry, it'll go fine. Uh, the, even the voters in Minneapolis said, uh, no, uh, by a vote of 56 to 44. Uh, they did, of course, pass two measures based on rent control, which is a complete disaster. Maybe worth a monologue at some point in our lives. Um, the one probably good piece of news, because, I mean, the New Jersey election, I said, was the worst piece of news I was going to give you, which is true, because that was such a close call and so tight that uh, you almost w you just wish you could have got ac across that goal line into the end zone. Uh, the only good piece of news uh, for progressives was probably in Boston, where the uh, Michelle Wu, who is basically an Elizabeth Warren clone, wound up winning with 64 percent of the vote uh, in mayor uh, in Buffalo, a crazy uh, race for mayor. I mentioned this uh, the other day when we were going through the election preview show, and I want to bring it up again, because basically what happened was you had sort of the AOC election from a couple of years ago, where a Democratic primary broke out. There was a lot of um, momentum behind the progressive uh, candidate, the AOC type of candidate, calls herself a Democratic Socialist. Uh, she comes in and actually beats the incumbent mayor. And if you remember the AOC story, well, that's where kind of the story ends, right? She gets the Democratic nomination and easily strolls in for um, a, uh, you know, for um, election into the House and can remain there basically as long as she wants. It's an almost impossible district for her to lose. Uh, this story goes a different way. Buffalo Mayor comes in, runs in the Democratic primary, gets knocked off by the Democratic Socialist, gets pissed off about it and decides to run as an independent. Well, what happens there? The independent, um, uh, his efforts to get on as an independent fail. He doesn't get on the ballot. He's still pissed off. He says, you know what? Screw this. I'm running as a write-in candidate. So the current mayor running as a write-in candidate against a Democratic Socialist with the Democratic nomination, the write-in candidate appears to have won this race, 58.8 uh, to 41.2, which is remarkable. I mean, uh, anytime you can win a write-in ballot, uh, case that's that's pretty significant. Now, I always say that you know people say there's a lot of big um, political accomplishments, difficult wins, and difficult circumstances. I always say I think the most impressive political win of my lifetime is um, the win by Lisa Murkowski in uh, Alaska. Now I'm not a Murkowski fan, but if you remember around the Tea Party time, there was another candidate who came in, ran in the primary and knocked off Murkowski. She lost the nomination, decided to run as a write-in candidate in a statewide election and was able to win and go back uh, as a senator 
uh, and it's now, of course, a Republican senator with lots of air quotes around Republican, but she is a senator. So you got that going on for you. So what do we learn from all of this? Because I think you look at this and you say, well, it's kind of an earth-shaking development, right? There's two ways Democrats can go from here. They can say, you know what, we're going to double down on what we've been doing. We're going to call everybody racist. We're going to say everybody is white supremacist. We're to say the only reason that these suburban moms voted for Glenn Youngkin is because they're all wearing hoods and they've got the eye holes cut out and they're about to go to, to visit Germany to celebrate uh, death camps. Or you can have some wide-eyed cl- clarity on, holy crap, what we're doing now is not working and we better change tactics right away. Let me give you an example of the first way of handling this. This is Joy Reid on MSNBC last night. They would have to be willing to say what you have said on your show. I think we've all said a version of it. You have to be willing to vocalize that these Republicans are dangerous, Mm. that this isn't a party that's just another political party that disagrees with us on tax policy, that at this point, they're dangerous. They're dangerous to our national security because stoking that kind of soft white nationalism eventually leads to the hardcore stuff. It leads to the January 6th stuff because if people are tolerant of it in your party, they're tolerant of the soft racism. Mm. It's a really short trip to get to the January 6th insurrectionist place. And we're not- it's sort of hard to describe how dumb of a statement that is. It's incredibly stupid. I don't know how else to describe it. I'd like to give her credit for, oh, she just disagrees with me. No, it's just dumb. That's just a dumb point. Uh, you know, Glenn Youngkin is not a white supremacist. It's, it's just, he's not, he's not soft or hard white supremacy. He's no white supremacy. He's just a guy. And you are the person who is constantly focusing on his skin color. He's not focusing on yours. He ran with his lieutenant governor, who actually is African-American. His attorney general was or is Hispanic. All three of them won. The voters of Virginia were fine with them. For some reason, you think the black woman and the uh, Hispanic man are also white supremacists too, I I suppose. Joy Reid wasn't done though. She continued to turn up the stupid to 11. And the exit poll showed that, that, which was interesting, that the coronavirus or that the virus was a very- Has low salience. to many of the voters there. It was education, which is code for white parents don't like the idea of teaching about race. And I mean, unfortunately, Race is just the most palpable tool in the toolkit. It used to be of the Democratic Party back right. in the day when they were Dixiecrats, and now of the Republican Party. It just is powerful. I do give Joy Reid credit for trying. She's trying to think through these things. She's trying to get through coherent thoughts. She's not able to do it, but she's trying really hard. And for that, I give her credit. But what world does she live in? Can you imagine living in a world where that's how you see it? Where every time you lose an election, you think it's because of racism? And, and I mean, it's just an insane, insane thing. Education is not code for white supremacy. Education is code for let my damn kids go to school. Stop trying to mask them. I don't know. Teach them some real freaking history. Stop making it up like the 1619 Project. Critical race theory is uh, one of the things they're doing, but the gender stuff was very big there as well. The fact that you want to try to teach kids all about this nonsense at school is what people and parents are pissed off again uh, against. Here is um, Nicole Wallace, who used to be a Republican, which seems like a zillion miles away from where she is now, talking about critical race theory as well. 
I think we know the answer to some of this. I watched Glenn Youngkin's interviews on Fox News, and he did nothing that Claire's... He did not... I mean, he worshipped at the altar of Donald Trump on Fox News. Yeah, he sure. flew an insurrection flag at his rally. Insurrection flag. He simply didn't... He played dumb about a, 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 a Zoom rally. He did played not really put much distance between himself and Donald Trump on the big lie or the deadly insurrection mm. in which police officers were maimed by flagpoles. So I think that the, the real ominous thing is that critical race theory, which isn't real, oh. turned the suburbs 15 points to the Trump insurrection endorsed Republican. What do Democrats do about that? The insurrection itself endorsed Youngkin? I, I don't I don't understand exactly. Um, critical race theory, which isn't real, is a hell of a statement considering we have universities all over the place that teach it. Major programs, uh, there's people who've written tons of books about them. I, I, uh, critical race theory is real. Now, is it being taught as they teach it in colleges to our kids? No, it's being taught in more subtle, understandable ways to kids. But that theory is there, and then that's been the catch-all we've been talking about. It's not about just teaching about race. I learned all about race. I learned all about how slavery was bad all through high school. I did not learn about critical race theory. It's a totally different thing. Um, so that's the, that's the side that says, hey, uh, this is out of control. Let, you know, the reason we lost is we didn't double down enough on the insanity. Let me give you the other side, and I hate to do this, but let me give you the voice of reason from CNN, apparently. Van Jones? I think that the Democrats are coming across in ways that we don't recognize that are annoying and offensive um, and seem out of touch in ways that I don't think show up in our feeds when we're looking at, at, at our kind of echo chamber. He's right, and I will say, Van Jones, for, I don't want him running my policy of my country. But I will say he's pretty good on, on CNN in these situations. And, you know, he gets beat up for some of his comments, but I think he's honest. You can actually watch him and say, hey, this is what he really believes. And what he really believes is true here. Democrats are coming off. They're doing this to themselves. And I hope they go down the Nicole Wallace road. I hope they go down the Joy Reid road and not uh, understand the Van Jones road because Republicans will continue to win elections like crazy if they go down the Nicole Wallace road. Let me give you this one. I'll leave you with this because Van Jones outline this perfectly and if the democrats don't learn this they're going to get slaughtered in the elections in 2022 and then on to 2024 here is van jones outlining the problems and the situation the democrats are in the whole anti-trump resistance being the yeah. only rationale for us to be a party that is dead tonight yeah dead it's over Do you have a case for your phone? Probably do, right? Well, going online without ExpressVPN is like using your $1,000 phone without a protective case. Most of the time, you'll probably be fine, I think. But all it takes is one accidental drop into you know, solid concrete, and uh, that'll make you wish you had protected yourself. The thing is, too, when you get hacked online, someone looks at your data, someone is peering over your shoulder virtually, you don't know it most of the time, and it takes a long time to be able to unwind whatever problems come from it. ExpressVPN gets you out of a lot of this stuff. ExpressVPN creates a secure encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet, so hackers can't steal your sensitive data. And it's super secure. It would take a hacker with a supercomputer over a billion years to get past uh, ExpressVPN's uh, encryption. And, you know, 
some of these guys are pretty impressive, but they don't have a billion years. It's incredibly easy to use. You just fire up the app, click one button, and you get protected. Plus, ExpressVPN works on all devices, and it doesn't slow your stupid phone down. It works fine, and you're getting the protection. you got to try this out. Secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash stew, E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash stew. Use the slash stew part of the address because that's how they know you like this stupid show, and you can get an extra three months free when you do so. expressvpn.com slash stew. As you know, the worst day of the week is Wednesday because Glenn Beck is here. Yep, that's His true because I'm here and it's a nightmare to be here every week, Wednesday. <laughs> when did this happen? I think I produ- I'm already the executive producer of the show. How, <laughs> Technically, yes. How is this happening? Uh, I, I, I don't want it to It is the one happen. time in the week <laughs> that I am like, <sighs> yeah, every week without mm. fail. Really? Yes. Well, um, on that note, make sure to tune in to Glenn's great special coming up in just a little bit. 9 p.m. Eastern tonight, ousted border chief exposes Biden's horrific border agenda. Glenn, how horrific is this border agenda? I mean, you know, almost two million people have come through, uh, mm-hmm. been arrested, and I still don't think it's as horrific as the show. <laughs> That's true. But... Um, so I, you know, honestly, I don't know what he's going to say today. This, this is, is interesting. You, yeah, this is his first sit-down full interview, okay? Ever. I mean, at least since he's left. Yeah, since he's left. Um, uh, he did a few minutes with Brett Bear, but this is a, you know, long form, a long form, hour-long interview with him. Um, so his and, name is uh, Rodney Scott. Yeah, uh, he's he recently ousted U.S. Border Patrol chief. Mm-hmm. In the middle he's of a, all of this, he's. You know, he's ousted, but he's been around for a long time. Five presidents. He's served under five different presidents. All Republicans, right? <laughs> All of them Republicans. <laughs> right. No, I mean, he's obviously not a radical um, because he served under President Obama and President no, Trump. I don't know. If that's no, like, I know. Usually the and radical George and President Bush. Obama go hand in No, hand-in-hand. I know, but... You don't put right, those do back to back mm-hmm. if you're a radical. So he's, you know? I mean, five. So he's, you know, not only Obama, but Trump. Clinton. Uh, Clinton. George W. All, Bush. All across. Yeah. Okay. Um, and nobody's ever had a problem with him. And uh, nobody has asked him yet. So why did they fire you? It really is interesting. And when you look at Biden's approval ratings across all of the subjects, we all talk about Afghanistan and inflation and borders. education. Borders is his worst category. Yeah. It's in the like low 20s, his approval rating on the border. And I think it's going to hurt him with Hispanics, hurt him with African-Americans. I mean, this policy is so detrimental to, if you believe in the COVID crap, the COVID narrative, it blows it out of the water. Because they're not even testing or requiring vaccines for people coming across the border. Correct. Um, has nothing to do with the stability uh, and safety of each community, not just uh, COVID related. But we don't know who's here. We have no idea. These aren't just good families that want to be here for their children. We don't know who else is here. This is bad for human trafficking and drugs that are coming across our border from the drug cartels. We have helped them become even more powerful and more rich because of what he's doing. Um, It's bad for 
for people who are looking for jobs. Now, I know a lot of Americans don't seem to be looking for jobs right now. We've given up on that. Right. But this isn't good. I mean, you know, every every possible aspect of what's happening on the border goes against everything that a Democrat and a reasonable independent Republican would want. Everything. So the border is a big part of why people aren't approving of the job Biden is doing. Mm -hmm. How big of a part of last night's election is the Biden approval? Oh, I think last night's election was um, was somewhat, I mean, a good part about his approval rating, but it wasn't about him. Mm. It was about the direction of the country. The country is in is is going in the wrong direction. And, you know, the great thing is, Stu, I was thinking about this last night because I heard about the election. I was at the Rolling Stones last night. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and as somebody handed me the phone and said, look, um, they were singing. you can't always get what you want. Uh, and I thought, but sometimes you get what you need. And I thought they have exposed themselves now so clearly, so clearly, they have terrified the American people. Unlike Obama, Obama still could get away with it. They're not getting away with it this time. And the election was all about I think personal freedoms. It was the Biden administration has been an affront to personal freedoms, whether that's the mask, the mandate for the vaccine, school children, whether you can go outside, how you can work, what you can do, what you can't do, what you can say, what you can't say, all of it. All of it together. Education was kind of the big thing tossed around, um, even in exit polls. It seems like the number one thing for Virginia in particular. And I think that's misstated, too. Okay. It's parental rights. Mm. Who is in charge of my children? Me or Terry McAuliffe? Me or the school board? Who has, who has the right to say, this is what your children will do and learn? Me or them? So which one do you believe? There's a couple of narratives coming out after Virginia in particular. One is um, Youngkin is just a really good candidate. And this is the sort of mold for the future. Republicans should be targeting to be like Youngkin. He was he was a good candidate, ran a really good race. Or is it just the narrative of the country, the feeling of voters? And they're just seeing, generally speaking, we don't like where this is going. We want to go a different direction. I think it's both. I mean, you know, they're not going to vote, you know, even they didn't vote for Joe Biden. Okay, when they voted for Joe Biden Mm -hmm. um, all against Trump, it was all against Trump. And it was just like, he's okay. He's you know, maybe the senility even helped. He's not going to do a lot. Mm -hmm. He'll return us to normal. That was what I mean. That was kind of the. I mean, he didn't include senility in his pitch. Correct. He did include return to normalcy. We'll just get back. It'll feel normal again. Right. Less chaos. Right. And it doesn't. No. So I think you could have had somebody who was a return to normal that would have been competitive. But Youngkin was also a good candidate. Yeah. And that's what put him over the top. Because he, he seemed to, 
Because you look back at his resume, the Youngkin resume is similar to the Romney resume, right? I mean, this is a a, a CEO of a a big hedge fund and, you know, venture capital. And but he didn't play up. Hey, I'm a great businessman. Vote for me for jobs. He tried to connect with the everyday parent. He, He tried to position himself as you go trick-or-treating with your kid, you walk up, you open, the, you ding, ring, on the, uh, ring the doorbell, door opens, and Glenn Youngkin's there handing your kid candy. He, he kind of came up as a normal dad, and it seems and to be a lot rare. more effective. Yeah, yeah but, th- th- but that's what people want. People, you know, the other thing that he had going for him is he's not a politician. He's not yeah. a career politician. People are tired of the career politician. They want somebody who seems like them, you know, Donald Trump doesn't seem like me, doesn't seem like anybody I know. He's Donald Trump. Okay? He's far too wealthy. Right. Mm-hmm. But no, but he's also <laughs> right. Donald he, Trump. He's, a, and he's every, a personality. He, he is what he is, is <laughs> and he's unique. It's yes. only that. Yeah. Um, uh, where if you can get that when you're going up against power, somebody who is uniquely themselves and they don't give a flying crap people want that but they would prefer i think somebody who is like them and a fighter yeah because at this point it's a negative like almost like experience can be a negative in one of these campaigns because you people look at this and they just say oh you've already been there i don't want more of this it's just like they're turning away from almost anything that has been part of the system. Except in Congress, except mm. in, uh, you know, in keep the House and the Senate. There. We keep those same people there over and over and over again. Why? You know? Why? Why would a country that, that embraces Donald Trump and Glenn Youngkin and many other people who are coming from outside the system, why do they because keep doing Because I don't this? think, I mean, I think the average person goes into the poll and they might know one or two, the average person, mm-hmm. one or two positions or people that they're firm on. Yeah. Everything else is like, I don't know. I know that guy. Right. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, and unless you're like Mitt Romney, who is known in the area and known by conservatives to not be a conservative, you know, um, that's the only way you're going to get in trouble. But if you if you're seeing him on the ballot against a Democrat, you're still going to want to vote. I'm going to vote for him. Uh, so what's the, what are the effects of this? What, what message does this send to Democrats? How do they react to it? Same way they reacted to Trump 2016. They really? will become more arrogant. No lessons. No. What in what? In what instance have you ever seen them <laughs> learn their lesson? Ninety uh, two. 1992 92 through 90 you know in 96 you have clinton because clinton was a political machine yeah and he he said like oh he was again it's lip service but he said the the era of big government is over he recognized the 1994 uh you know contract with america changed things he felt that happen he was able to get reelected in 96 because he was still in some ways still thinking that i need the people to get elected Mm mm-hmm I, I think these people, especially in the in the far right, they despise people. They despise them. Meaning the Democrats despise people in the in the in the far right. No, they despise the, the average person. 
They're right, elitists. Okay. You know, they have their own language. We talked about this today, Latinx or Latinx. They have they have their own language that only they speak. Yeah, yeah. And we're having to learn it. Right. And so we're not. They're educating us. They're above us. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I was thinking about this with the Terry McAuliffe comment that kind of got him in the most trouble, right? He's in this debate. He says, um, basically, like, look, it, I don't want parents t- telling, you know, t- having input on, the, on what they're teaching at schools. And people are like, how dumb does this guy have to be to say that? No, how arrogant. How arrogant. Because I, you know, the, when you get in trouble with these comments, they're things that you have been saying in your in-group yep. as common knowledge. Of yep. course we don't want parents involved. And they were so used to saying that with no pushback right. that saying it in so, a debate found, felt okay. And so they justify that because, again, in their little group, I mean, you want to change the media, put them in Oklahoma City, put them mm-hmm. in, in someplace in the middle of Canvas, in Kansas, put them in where people are actually normal, both Republican and Democrat, but normal, yeah. okay? Get them away from these university towns. That'll change the media because right now they are surrounded by people who think exactly like them. And so when they lose, they do exactly what Woodrow Wilson did. These people are just stupid. Yeah. These people are stupid. And it, hel- it makes them hate us even more. The danger is you give these people much more power. You do have some in there who really do think we're a nuisance and a problem. So just round them up. Mm-hmm. I mean, you heard those sentiments during COVID. You know, we yeah. need an education camp. We see it with when they said, hey, if you're not vaccinated, maybe you don't get health care. Correct. Right. It's that same Correct. sentiment. And that kind of arrogance gets spooky. Um, and and hopefully the American people are spooked enough by it, have seen enough. But I don't know if, if we've hit our bottom yet. That, I will say this would be a fascinating experiment to see MSNBC plopped in the middle of Arkansas for a while just so to they, see. They wouldn't know what to do. I mean, CNN's in Atlanta. It's about as close as we have, I suppose. But yeah. they don't. It's Atlanta. It's not Georgia. You know, it's Atlanta. Right. And they're not. Uh, when I say break them up. I mean, also really put the reporters where they're not surrounded in a big building yeah. of like minded people, you know, get them out into the communities and where they have to live next door to people who don't agree with them. That would be a fascinating, fascinating change. because you saw it with the politicians when they had to go back and talk to their constituents about Obamacare. And they all they got in all those conflicts and we're seeing it now with the school boards. Right. Like when you have to get around people who feel these things and are honest about them, it changes the way you or at least it should. Well, they are they are what they do, unfortunately, is dismiss. I mean, there were a lot of Democrats that didn't vote for Terry McAuliffe because of this. Yeah, they won't learn from that. They won't learn good. what they learn is. I know. Good. What they learn is we have to double our efforts to control them mm. and to educate them. Um, you know, the, the one of the craziest things I read today was from New York Magazine, where they were literally saying that it's because the right wing media has too much control. <laughs> OK, yeah, it's that amazing. it's yeah, that they can't get their message out. Well, that plays right into more control of the FCC, 
more control on, uh, on the social networks, more control in edit and cancel culture. That's, that's where they will go. This is going to get worse before it gets better. Absolutely incredible. Well, most shows, you start with an idea of where they're going. Uh, tonight, Glenn is not doing that. He's, he's abandoned that plan. Uh, well, I think I know where it's going, but I not. nobody's done an interview with him. I know. Well, that's what I mean. You don't know where this is going to go. You don't know what he's going to say. You, no idea. You really don't have That's, that's going to be fascinating. Uh, the guy uh, is going on with Glenn here in just a little bit. The special is called Ousted Border Chief Exposes Biden's Horrific Border Agenda. So we know it's not good. But other right. than that, we don't know where it's going. Yeah. Uh, 9 p.m. Eastern right here on Blaze TV. Make sure you get your subscription. BlazeTV.com slash Stu. The promo code is Stu because that's how they know you like this stupid show. And you're casting a vote to see Glenn Beck every single Wednesday appearing oh, right here. Please cancel he subscription. If that's what it takes to get me off this show, just cancel. Just cancel right now, please. I mean, I stand. This is how sincere I am. Do you know how much money I would lose if you cancel? Please, dear God, cancel so I don't have to show up here anymore. Back in a second. Uh, well, let's say you're trying to buy or sell a home in this market. Let's say you're trying to sell a home in, like, I don't know, Connecticut or something, and every single effort you're making is falling apart and your real estate agent isn't doing their job. And then you come to work with your coworkers who are great people and you whine to them constantly about it to the point that they just want you to shut up. Wow, this sounds uniquely specific. I mean, really? it sounds like that you have somebody who lived in Connecticut mm. who didn't uh, couldn't sell their house because they had a lousy real estate agent. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what I do. I paint a picture here on uh -huh, this, on this uh -huh. program. Uh, and let's just say, like, this is happening so much. And you look around. How do I screen real estate agents? There's nothing available. So you start your own company called realestateagentsitrust.com. Wow. Again, it sounds like you are driving a point that's kind of coming my way. Your way. Yeah. Wow. I mean, not everything's. That's what happened to me, except I worked with really lousy people. No, I worked with great people, but there was this one guy. <laughs> Look, if you want to buy a home because you want to move away from a terrible coworker like the one I described, you need to go to realestateagentsitrust.com. You can get more information there. Find the best agent in your area, no matter where you uh, live. If you're moving from New York, you're moving from California to you know, Texas. To get away from a coworker like I described. <laughs> You'll gladly take prison. <laughs> You'll gladly take prison time. Well, there's no prison agents. I trust.com. No. It's only real estate agents. I trust.com. Go there now. So there's a town here near uh, nearby, a suburb of Dallas named South Lake. And you may have heard about it, probably in relation to a podcast and documentary created by NBC News. Long story short here, basically, many years ago, there was uh, an incident in which someone on a social media network, a couple of uh, teenage girls, said a racial slur. And this, uh, in the NBC News telling of the story, created this massive racial reckoning of this town. And they basically tried to make this nice little town seem like the evil, racist, white supremacist. It was basically Terry McAuliffe against Glenn Youngkin, right? They just tried to make... Uh, the, the whole town's a bunch of white supremacists and racism, racism, racism is everywhere and blah, 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 blah. I mean, it was a total hit job. And what exactly would you would expect out of NBC News? So 
after all this stuff goes on, NBC News covers this in the in the uh, podcast as well. There's sort of a revolt from parents because you have this incident with the social media clip that's offensive. Then this, the town kind of decides to have a, a sort of CRT light program put in where uh, which is really offensive to the people in the town who are like, wait a minute. First of all, this isn't a racist town. And second of all, I don't want my kids thinking that their skin color is the most important, important thing about them. I want the opposite to be thought of. So. This kind of creates a revolt. They have a big uh, election for the school board and all of the anti-CRT candidates win. But they don't quite have control of the school board. They need one more seat. Yesterday was the uh, was the next election where they were able to get the one more seat needed to overturn all the CRT nonsense. The guy running for the seat was named Andrew Yeager. He won with 65.4 percent of the vote. The most entertaining thing of this part of this entire story is this little nugget. NBC News tries to make this entire town seem like a bunch of racists. This guy runs and wins and overturns the school boards to get the CRT out of the town. His name, Andrew Yeager. Yeager, a regional ad sales executive for NBC Universal owned TV stations. (laughs) Their own freaking employee blew up their podcast. Back in a second. Do you like to uh, chomp down on a candy bar here and there? I know I do. In fact, I like to pretty much eat anything that's not healthy for me. That's why Built Bar is great, though, because you can have a candy bar type uh, situation that'll fill you up, that'll get you through uh, the day, and it's not going to make you into uh, a, a giant balloon. Uh, We're talking about coconut, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, cookies and cream, and many more. You can get the mix box with all the flavors to sample. 180 calories or less. You're going to love these things. Make sure to chill them in the refrigerator. That's, That's advice direct from my wife. Built Bar uh, is the place. Built is Built Bar is the name of the product. Built.com is the place to go. Uh, use the promo code Stu15 for 15% off your first order. The promo code is Stu15 for 15% off at Built.com. That's Built.com. Congratulations to the Atlanta Braves, who won the World Series first time in 26 years. They did so 4-2 over the Houston Astros. Uh, The main part that's interesting, I think, to America here, particularly this audience, is the fact that they stole the uh, All-Star game out of Atlanta because of some BS controversy over Georgia's voting rule and then had to watch as the Atlanta Braves won the World Series in the same year. So screw you, baseball, and congratulations to the Braves. I think even if you're an Astros fan, you can find a little bit of joy in that. Um, and also, um, news today, uh, what, is the, what is the longest running live action show on television in history? The Adventures of Ozzy and Harriet, at least for a couple more weeks until December 1st, because on December 1st, the new season of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia begins, and that will make it the longest running live action show in television history, which is incredible to think about. I I will say I've watched that show since the beginning and I cannot believe that it lasted this long and they let them get away with most of the stuff that they do. I will say sometimes they delete it in the reruns, but that's a whole other story. My mug today is the perfect Christmas present for that conservative on your list. It's not a riot. It's a mostly peaceful tree lighting. 
with a city ablaze in the background. You can get it at StuDoesMerch.com. StuDoesMerch.com. We'll see you tomorrow.